Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Mergy, and welcome to another episode of Bold Brands, a podcast presented by Bold Metrics that focuses on innovation and technology in the apparel e-commerce space. Today, we're speaking with Stephanie Benedetto, the CEO and co-founder of Queen of Raw, a technology company that's on a mission to rid the planet of textile waste. Stephanie, it's a great honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you. I'm really thrilled to be here and excited to chat further. So thanks for having us. For sure. So let's start with uh, Queen of Raw. Can you tell us a little bit about your motivation behind creating the company and how you got your start? You bet. So I actually come, like many in this industry do, from a family in fashion and in textiles for over 100 years. Uh, in 1896, wow. my great, I know, my great-grandfather actually came over on a ship from Austria. He landed at Ellis Island and he settled into the Lower East Side of New York, which was the original garment district, right? Yeah. And he was a Jewish immigrant face, chasing the American dream and he had to make a living for his family, right? So what did he right. do? Uh, he actually found materials and supplies nearby, old fabrics and furs and things that the immigrants had brought over on the ships with them, but they weren't using anymore. And he would repurpose them by hand into the most beautiful fashion garments with minimal waste and minimal toxins, right? Because his bottom dollar depended on it. Right. He sold these goods to local customers. And it was this incredibly profitable, successful business. And many of his coats I still wear today, a hundred plus years later. And, you know, I grew up around him. He lived to the ripe old age of 104. And so I heard the stories and of the old school ways of doing business. And I really believe, you know, our vision with Queen of Raw is how can we use technology to get back to the way my great grandfather did business, which clearly made sense for people. It made sense for planet, but it also made sense for profit. And, you know, of course we know, right? You know, today's supply chains are so much more complicated than then, right? right. Hundred steps across the globe, metric tons of water, chemicals, crops, and oil used in the process. But in that, there's significant opportunity for us to, to do better and to do good for people, planet, and profit. So yeah, that kind of was the inspiration. That's great. What about the name? I always, when companies <laughs> have interesting names, I like to, like to hear the story. Well, I very much appreciate that. Um, obviously, we went for it with the name. It was actually <laughs> the first name I thought of. My family called me the queen a lot. And, you know, raw for me was a better word than sustainable raw materials, getting back to mm -hmm. things that are raw, their essence. And I looked it up and it was available as a URL, which was like magic as a dot com and yeah. on all social handles. And then I started talking to some family friends about it, like any startup, good startup entrepreneur would do. Right. Get your feedback. And everybody did not like it. They said it either is the raw foods movement or it's pornography. And you know, I did a little bit more research and I tested a ton of different names and I kept coming back to it. And I said, you know what? In thinking about it, the raw foods movement sells and sex sells. So I'm going to go with it. And you know, it's a name you're not going to forget. And so we went with it and it actually has served us so well. Um, you know, it, it is a name, hopefully you don't forget. And it kind of, to us, represented where we want to go. We want to help everyone be the kings and queens of their domain and help them do better with supply chains and raw materials across industries and around the world. So hopefully encompassing all that and more, but uh, we have a lot of fun with it. It's, it's, it's served us fun in branding and storytelling too. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's great. Definitely uh, is, a, is a catcher. Um, yeah. so. 
I will give you one funny anecdote. At first, uh, we are a Techstars company. We did do a Techstars accelerator in 2018 when we first started the company. And the founders of Techstars did not love it. It was definitely a different name from the traditional Techstars names that they saw. But right. again, I told them it's a name you're not going to forget. And, you know, the next day I gave them T-shirts that said Queen of Raw across the front for them <laughs> to wear. And, you know, they, they, they since have, have remembered fondly that moment. So another little lesson behind kind of sticking to your guns, going with your gut and having fun too. Definitely a conversation starter. <laughs> Can you kind of take us through how the platform works from the seller's perspective and also the buyer's perspective? You bet. So, you know, yeah, what is Queen of Roll? What are we doing really here? So um, we started looking at this issue of textile waste way back in 2014, but the time and in in what was going on in the world, it just wasn't right for this uh, for us to launch. So my core team and I just started doing our due diligence and learning about this issue of waste. And we realized that when you dove deeper, every single year, about $120 billion with a B worth of unused textiles, just sits in warehouses collecting dust or being burned and sent to landfill. And this is perfectly good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not just scraps off a cutting room floor as some people think. We have some of our enterprise customers who have hundreds of thousands to millions of yards in mint condition of fabric. Right. And so, you know, I always like to say at that volume, waste isn't just environmentally irresponsible, it's a CFO issue. And this is an economic liability for them as well as uh, environmental liability. So, you know, we, we would see all this stuff sitting in warehouses collecting dust or that was going to get burned or sent to landfill. And yet on the flip side, there are all these designers, small to large, who want to purchase textiles and get access to materials. And so it seemed to me like it was just a supply demand mismatch. And we needed mm -hmm. to build Queen of Ron and use technology to provide the bridge. And so we built Queen of Ron its inception as a marketplace globally, mm -hmm. where anyone from a student maker, crafter, quilter, so the biggest brands and retailers in the world can buy and sell their unused textiles, obviously keep it out of landfill right. and turn what would be pollution into profit. And so queenofraw.com is our open marketplace and um, you can apply to sell and, uh, and then we just get a commission per sale and anyone can go on and search and buy. Right. And obviously the advantage for sellers is quickly and easily you can make money selling this waste, free up that costly warehouse space, and then hopefully take that money right and go put it into doing other good actions in your supply chain. And as a buyer, a lot of these big brands and retailers who are selling, they turn around and buy too, because mm -hmm. you can find what you need, when you need it, at a discount and located away from areas impacted by disruption, right? So opening up access and resources to these materials. So the marketplace is kind of, you know, operates, we like to think of it like an Alibaba done right, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and it's been growing globally. We're on every continent now and, gro and growing. But as we've been growing the business, um, and we can dive deeper into this later, but we realized there was a lot more value and opportunity that we could offer to our community, especially our enterprise customers. And that's where we've uh, really released some really cool software and tools to help them do better. But even just by buying and selling across our marketplace, some of our big brands and retailers have saved up to 15% of their bottom line in just one year. So that, you know, obviously it significantly improves their bottom line, right. but then they've also seen by talking about, and I'm sure you're seeing this too, by talking about the good actions that they're taking and the mm -hmm. sustainability metrics that they're quantifying or that we're quantifying for them, they've seen three times the conversion rate 
in their online direct to consumer business. And so there's a top line generating That's revenue. Great. Right? And then yeah. it's a win win win. And how do you say no to that? Yeah. So are you are you warehousing these fabrics or are you just kind of letting the sellers ship them to whoever buys them? That's a great question. So we originally thought about warehousing, but it just didn't make economic sense and it didn't make sustainable sense to ship this stuff to one warehouse from all over the world and then right. sell it and ship it again, right? Mm -hmm. So we tr you try to geolocate buyers located around where the inventory is so that, you know, sorry, DHL, UPS, and FedEx, who are our amazing green shipping partners, but in the future that you never need to ship anything anywhere in the world ever again, because you can find what you need locally sourced, away from areas impacted by disruption, right? And where you're actually manufacturing. It cuts down on carbon emissions and it cuts down on costs. What I will say though is, you know, we take care of everything else. We take care of the automation of the onboarding, the marketing, the storytelling, the customer service, the payment processing, and even the international shipping logistics. It's all automated for them. Got so it. all that you as a seller need to do you're already in the business of selling and shipping things, just not historically <laughs> this stuff. Slap the label, out the door it goes, right? And you get your money. So hopefully it's quick, easy, and painless. That's cool. How do you how do you come up with the price from the yeah. seller that you know you're gonna buy it from them? So we don't actually buy anything outright, but they can list it and okay. we will find the right matches to the buyers. Got but it. it's a good question, right? This is a secondary resale market. So we are regularly tracking what customers are willing to pay in the secondary markets for light quality goods. And of course, pricing is impacted by the quantity available, the color, the location, and, and the history of it, and all the obvious factors. That's some of the fun where we get to use like blockchain and machine learning to call the data. But once we know all that about a product, we can actually come back with a recommended price on what we think the market is willing to bear. And traditionally, right, this stuff, a jobber middleman would pay people pennies for it, not even pennies on the dollar, but penny, but literal pennies. But now right. we can actually say that this is what a fair good price is based on what we're seeing and make recommendations. And so typically our sellers will price it at a discount to what they bought it at, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be pennies. How, how has the pandemic impacted your business? So, I mean, with everything going on in the world, obviously we hope everyone first and foremost is healthy and safe, but it, it, it is in many ways this period, much like 08 and 09, maybe even worse, right? When the market crashed in, uh, yeah. on Wall Street, um, of, you see the height of waste and darkness and greed and excess and economic uncertainty. And in that, I guess a lot of people personally and professionally are feeling these challenges. But at the same time, I, I, you know, we can also turn these challenges into massive opportunities. And so for us through the pandemic, um, a lot of the enterprise customers we worked with pre before COVID, you know, they, they realized the value and they were starting to think about making these kinds of initiatives a priority, but they weren't there yet. And if anything good can come out of this pandemic and this mess, it's that it has brought to the forefront how critical these kinds of solutions are for businesses. Right. Not yes for people and planet, but also for their economics and their profit. And so businesses who, you know, this wasn't top of mind before, they didn't think they had that much in waste, 
Fast forward to today, and they've got more waste than ever before, right? right. Closed mm-hmm. stores, canceled orders, misleading <laughs> collections. Um, and it's it's costing them a lot. And they also are now starting to realize as everyone is at home doing work remotely, the importance of going digital and e-commerce and you know, technology-based solutions like yours and ours. And so um, we've seen a huge growth in our business. And those businesses who thought they only you know had a certain amount and liability on the books and it wasn't a priority. Fast forward to today, it is at a top priority for their CEOs, their CFOs, their COOs, the CMOs, right? Right. And, um, and so we've been growing rapidly. I think we grew 123% in our revenue month right. over month. And we've seen over, you know, a 100% increase in our number of transactions and a 40% increase month over month in our user base. And that's with no additional spend. So I think for entrepreneurs and innovators out there who are doing technology-based solutions, it has sped up so much how much the fashion and industry and supply chains are adopting these kinds of solutions for sure. Yeah. yeah, let's dig into that a little bit more. You're kind of hitting on technology solutions for apparel. How do you see technology continuing to impact this industry and really helping the industry move to a much more uh, sustainable future? Well, I laugh because in so many ways, some of these big brands and retailers, the biggest in the world, are still doing things in many ways, the way my great-grandfather did in 1896, (laughs) right? Good old pen and paper, or maybe if they're a little better, an Excel spreadsheet. Um, So, you know, you talk to them originally about technology, and it, it became this, you know, very scary thing. But when you don't focus as much on what we have found when we position what we're doing and present it to our solution, when you don't position it as a technology solution, although that's what it is, but as a solution to their real business problems, um, you get real increased adoption. And you know, I, some of the things that we're really leaning into that I think is going to be a game changer for fashion, but also supply chain, Obviously, we're all hearing it and it's a buzzword, but machine learning. Now that we've digitized parts of their supply chain and we've got more information about what you got in waste, where did it come from, who does it go to, what's it worth, there is so much more you can do with that data and information to improve the ROI in the bottom and top line of your business and unlock value. So we actually even built into our software an ROI calculator to show them that value and the time and resources saved um, by doing things more efficiently. And, And that happens for the first time because of technology and machine learning. But these businesses, you don't need to worry about the technology and the machine learning. That's our job, right? Just right. what it tells you. <laughs> Some of the other things I think are really exciting, blockchain, obviously that buzzword again too, a B word blockchain. Um, what, although we often hear about it, as you know, in Bitcoin and crypto, what it would do for supply chain in the future for unlocking information and data and providing integrity to the data that we're collecting. I think that's a game changer. And we're only at the beginning of seeing how it's going to unlock value and what it's going to do. Um, Also excited by things we've seen a lot now with RFID threads and QR codes, because not only is it important for your business to understand what's going on in your own supply chain in your business, but how are you going to then tell that story to your end customer and increase value there and get them to buy and buy more and buy well? And that's with the storytelling that RFID threads and QR codes can provide to your end consumer. And then continue right. that journey and story all the way down to ends of life and recycling partners. So, you know, excited to see that. And the final little piece of technology that would that I think is, is kind of cool too is computer vision, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to see things in multi-dimensional ways, integrated into design and software tools, much like what you're working doing, right? And right. how do we render this and visualize this and get more accurate and efficient with creating products? I think that's really interesting and touch and feel fabrics through the phone, which will be possible soon. 
Yeah, that's great insights. Definitely an exciting time, I think, for the apparel industry adapting these technologies. And as you said, it's kind of an old school industry. And, you know, so it's exciting to see these new technologies really moving it into a new direction. So yeah, and to recoup, I think if we keep coming back to the economics of this, right, that the it's circular economy, the second word is economy, it's an economic principle, how much right. money can be saved and made by them adopting these solutions, I think. Right. They For sure. So you're, uh, you're crushing it through the pandemic. Um, <laughs> you started in 2014. So maybe tell the audience some of the bigger challenges you've had, like getting started and over the years? Well, as any founders, any startup, right? It's always like chipping away at the block. Um, it is all about overcoming obstacles and they get thrown at you every day, but you got to be the last one to get up and keep standing, right? Yeah. So, you know, we did start looking at this issue in 2014, but the, I knew the timing wasn't right um, mm -hmm. and, and that we wouldn't get the adoption we need. And so my core team and I all had prior startups and prior businesses. We were all working on those. And we actually didn't end up launching until 2018. That's when we went through the Techstars Accelerator, opened up the marketplace, and when we thought the timing is right for adoption around these kinds of business models and sustainability. Got and um, one of the biggest challenges when we opened up the marketplace was, I've seen firsthand the amount of waste that's out there around the world. But how do you get it quickly and easily into a marketplace so we can start matching and selling it? That became right. a massive challenge. The demand was out there. We opened up the marketplace with just a handful of product. Talk about getting a product to, you know, live quickly and, and the MVP and get going. We had mm -hmm. just a handful of products, but the demand was coming like crazy. Um, so we knew there was something there. We had to go out and find the right supply and get it quickly and easily into our marketplace. And so that's where we spent a lot of time, not building the marketplace per se, but in building the tools to help overcome that obstacle. And so one of the cool partnerships that we have now is with um, SAP, where we can actually integrate into businesses inventory management systems, quickly pull all that data in, and then our engine starts to identify the waste and then can start selling it or find, uh, you know, the right action to take with respect to right. it. So, you know, that's just one example of one big challenge that we had that had now taken our onboarding process from months to minutes in order to get right. more and more supply on. So, you know, finding those kinds of partnerships are really critical to help with, I, I think, with growing and scaling your solution, getting customer adoption and, mm -hmm. and um, has been integral to our success. Makes sense. Your business model, you know, it's, it's interesting and I'm sure you've thought about it and I don't know what you can share, but do you think this type of model can be applied to other industries with similar success? Without question. So, you know, the first thing we did when we looked at this model is a lot of people asked us, well, what about finished goods? And, you know, I looked at the models, obviously they're incredible companies like the real, real and Poshmark, right. With right. the, that listen all these around the resale and recirculation of finished goods but i felt like no one was paying attention to the raw material side of this and i thought that's the systemic issue up the chain and the reason we have all this down the chain waste is because of all this inefficiency and poor forecasting because of bad data up the chain and right. if we can solve for this waste up the chain hopefully that will impact down the chain but you're a hundred percent right this isn't just fashion and this isn't just textiles this applies across 
you know, industries and around the world. So we now that we've unlocked larger and larger volume of textiles in the B2B side of what I do, we do with our software and tools, mm -hmm. um, we can sell into automotive, aviation, computer electronics, consumer goods. They all use textiles. Right. But then beyond just that, they all have some waste in their supply chain that can be monetized and resold. And so without question, we're looking at other applications in the industry, like any startup, right? We got to right, focus yeah. on one piece first and command that. But going forward, absolutely. I meant it when I said we want to build Alibaba done right and, and, and grow this in other ways. And to be quite honest, I actually hope in the future that I write myself out of a marketplace business because we have solved for the waste in these raw materials. And once we do that, you know, then we've solved the world's water crisis. We'll have everyone on our software and then we'll go <laughs> on and solve, build the next big business. But we got a while to get there. <laughs> there you go. What are you, what are you most excited about for 2021 in yeah. Queen of Raw? So for us, you know, I started, we started Queen of Raw based in New York, right? The garment mm -hmm. district. We started it in the U.S., Originally, you know, wanting it to find U.S. inventory and sell it to U.S. customers. Well, we very quickly realized, like any startup, that for us, this challenge, this issue is global. Supply chains are global. And if we were going to truly connect the dots across the globe to solve this problem, we had to go global. So talk about a challenge that we had to overcome. We very quickly made our platform global. But now our big push and our big growth is in key strategic regions around the world. Um, and not just with the marketplace, but really onboarding more and more now large enterprise customers. So we can help them not just sell their waste, but again, grow and how do you figure out why you got it and how to minimize it going forward. And so that's a big push for us in 2021, um, a big growth. And then, you know, after we raise the next round, go on to some of the real exciting technologies we just talked about too, which we're already working in with computer vision and blockchain and machine learning to make this even more accessible and interactive um, end to end. Because right, you know, all these incredible brands and retailers out there, as I'm sure you're seeing, we've talked about before, or they want to be end-to-end, 100% -end, sustainable right. by 2030, right? And they make mm -hmm. these commitments. But where the hell do you go and what do you do on day one and how do you get there? And so I'm really excited to find the hot messes and the ones who have the biggest pain points and challenges and don't know where to go on day one and help them figure out how to start today and make it profitable and successful to go end-to-end -to -end tomorrow. And I think that's how we're going to survive what we're going through in the world today and, and then thrive. And you know, one little kind of tidbit I'll end with is um, I'm really excited by the metrics. We do quantify things like the water, the toxins, the energy, and the dollars saved by the actions people take. And, right. you know, we've saved over a billion gallons of water and we're just getting started. And so I think about that a lot. I want my kids to have clean water to drink, right? Clothes that aren't toxic, right. wear in a planet to live on. But I know that together, we can solve these crises and change the world. And so really excited to be partnering and working with you as well on this and being able to support uh, into the tomorrow that we all want, the supply chain we all want, right? One that's right. more, more local and more sustainable by all definition of that word. That's great. Thanks so much, Stephanie. And congrats to all the success and passion for this is just so needed in this industry. So we're very happy to be partnering up with you on some of these things. And thanks so much again for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And everyone, go change the world. There you go. This is Jeff Murgy, the host of Bold Brands. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to hear more about innovative apparel brands and technology companies helping them be more innovative, 
Don't forget to subscribe to Bold Brands on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. See you guys next time. <laughs>